Welcome to another podcast from Fire Church Ministries. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Daniel Hagen. Father, I thank you for so many things. I thank you for Paul's life. I thank you for your grace and your mercy. I thank you for salvation. I thank you for this family, Lord. And I thank you for today, the day that the Lord has made. God, I want to bring a word today. I want to share from the scriptures. And I just ask that you'd be with me, strengthen me, and uh, just help me bring this with, with clarity this morning so that we'd be edified, encouraged, challenged, stirred, impacted by the truth that sets us free. In Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. All right. Again, thanks to everyone in particular that's made a special trip today for this tribute. As Chels mentioned, we will be having a memorial service uh, and we'll certainly try and give you details as soon as we can for that here at the church as well. So um, a special hi to Ben. He's going to have to shoot off. He's got a, a plane to catch to go back to Europe shortly. So if you see him duck off, it's not because my preaching's bad. It's, uh, um, it's uh, because he's got to get that plane. So praise God. All right, well, let's see how we go. As Chelsea said, it is, it's difficult. And so I'm going to do the best I can. And, uh, but at the same time, it's a joy. And so we're going to go to Romans chapter 12, verse 15. And this somewhat unpacks and describes the tension that some of us may be feeling this morning. And it's the tension of life. Romans 12, 15, it says, Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Or some translations say mourn with those that mourn. And by the way, again, I just wanted to acknowledge the family. Thanks so much for coming and spending this service this morning as well with us. We love you guys. Bless you guys. So I'll read that again. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Now in this moment, there's the tension of understanding that Paul's life was taken too soon. He was too young. It was a freak accident. You know, sometimes we may ask questions and think, well, if, if God's almighty and sovereign, how could he allow this to happen? Paul just got baptized. And there can be all these tensions and questions and the mystery of, of, of life. And on that note, I would like to say if anyone is struggling and they'd like some further help in this, obviously we're all friends with one another and we can help one another. But if you would like some counseling through this and some help, then you know, feel free to speak to Pastor Chelsea, Pastor Beck, and any of our other leaders, and we'd be more than happy to talk with you, pray with you, and uh, just walk you through um, uh, walk you through these circumstances in terms of the tragedy with uh, with Paul as well. So, so we rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. There's the tension, we're mourning, but at the same time, from a Christian perspective, and this is the amazing thing, even though it's life cut short, at the same time, this life is just a drop in the ocean 
in comparison to eternity. And when you give your life to Jesus and when you become born again, you step into eternal life. You get given eternal life. And so when we pass this life, when our life in this earth ends, our life really does begin as we cross into eternity. And so Chelsea and I were away, we were praying when we heard the news and immediately, obviously we grieved, we were upset and there was all sorts of emo- mixed emotions and feelings and, and we're talking through things. But one of the things that really, the way I was affected was all of a sudden I felt like that there was this haze lifted off my mind and my eyes and my sense of the reality of eternity was sharpened. And I really felt the Holy Spirit say, in terms of Paul's life, we can use this as an opportunity to sharpen our sense of eternity and why we're living this life. I remember the last thing that Paul said to me, or I should say maybe one of the last things that I clearly remember, I was standing right here, and Paul said, Daniel, I really want to share my testimony. I really want to share my story with everybody. It was just before the Christmas break. And I said to him, look, we might have a testimony morning or a testimony service and we'll arrange for you to maybe speak for 10 minutes with some, maybe a couple of other people and we'll have a testimony service. Paul was so excited to share his story. Why? Because he realized how much God had impacted his life, particularly in the last six months. How much God had turned his life around, a a messy life, a broken life, up and down for many, many years. But yet the reality of heaven had completely transformed his life and the fruit of his life was so outstanding, significant, particularly in the last three months. And he wanted to share that with people. Why? Because he realized that God is real and he can change lives if we'll just yield our will to his. And he wanted to see other people's lives change. That's why he wanted to share his story. So I felt God said to me, I want you this year to honor Paul's request. And wherever you travel, share his story with people. I'm going to be bouncing around Australia this year with Awakening Australia. We're going to be preaching the gospel. We're going for a hundred the goal of a hundred thousand souls and Paul's going to be with us on that mission his story is going to be with us amen so let's go to James chapter 4 verse 14 the sense of eternity being sharpened the veil that sometimes we think that this life just goes on forever but when we forget that this life we're just passing through as Christians a drop in the ocean, in comparison. And James 4.14 says this, Yet do you not know what tomorrow will bring? What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. I can almost feel, I get a sense, Paul cheering us on in heaven right now as I read that. And him saying, get him, God. Get him, God. For some of you that may or may not know, that was, he used to sit around this area and 
he'd be saying, get him, like the preacher, like if myself, whoever's preaching, was preaching, and he'd be like, yeah, yeah, get him, God, get him. I could almost hear him cheering us on and saying, don't hold back. Yeah, there's a time to mourn, but at the same time, get him, God. Use, use my life, use my story. And I want to encourage you to do the same thing. So Paul's life is a life that was broken, but in these latter days, the mercy of God was revealed, the grace of God was revealed, and salvation was revealed. And that's just an amazing thing for all of us. Like Charles said, all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. And we all need the mercy of God and the grace of God. Amen? Psalms 144 verse 4 says this, Man is like a breath. His days are like a passing shadow. 1 Peter 1.24 says, For all flesh is like grass, and all, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers, and the, uh, the flower falls. So in other words, our life, we're here for a moment, and then we're gone. And we really need to sharpen our sense of eternity. We really need to take note of that, to realize that we don't even know if we have tomorrow. What are we using? How are we living our life? What are we doing with the hours that we have on this earth? Are we living for earthly purposes, for our own purposes building our own kingdom, our own life, or are we building the kingdom of God? Are we living for eternal purposes, for eternal reason? And so I know that Paul's passing, the tragedy, has stirred me even more, has sharpened my focus even more. And I'm going to use that as a reminder this year to run the race, to run hard for him, to use the hours and the minutes that I have to see more people like Paul get saved and get to heaven. Amen? And the author of the psalmist here in Psalms 90, 12 says it well and realized the importance of this eternal perspective, the sharpness of this. And it says this, Psalms 90, 12. So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. When we live with eternal perspective, that is living with a heart of wisdom. A lot of us fall into the trap of living for the 70, 80-year perspective. We have our five-year goal, our 10-year goal, and we live for this 70, 80-year perspective. But I want to encourage us, and the Scriptures encourage us. God encourages us. Paul's life encourages us to live for eternal perspective, live for eternal purposes, run hard, run the race. When I hear that Scripture where Paul says, I ran the race, Press towards the mark of the high calling. Run to win. It's not a, a fun run. It's a race to win. Amen? Do everything we can with the gifts and talents that he's given us to live for him. You know, the Bible says that all things work together for good for those in Christ Jesus. Even tragedy can work together for good if we'll embrace the truth and we'll say, you know what? I'm going to step it up this year more. I'm going to allow this tragedy to be turned around for his good. We're going to see more people saved than we ever have before. We're going to run harder than we ever have before. We're going to love one another even more than we ever have. We're not going to take each other for granted like Chelsea said. 
we're going to resist disunity. We're going to resist the silliness that sometimes can creep into community. And we're going to realize that life is short and we're going to do that all we can for Jesus. Amen? Glory to God. I want to tell you a couple of things in terms of Paul's story and his testimony, okay? Because I want to honor his request and I'm going to share some of it for him today. In, in particular, his whole life mattered, yeah? I don't know a lot of the details of the life before he was here, but what I do know was very broken. He made a lot of mistakes. He did a lot of bad things. Uh, some of it, was maybe a flow on from tragedy in his life and hurt people sometimes hurt people some of it was directly just wrong choices I'm not so much going to go into that because I don't know the details fully but what I do know is what happened particularly in the last year when he first started coming here he was drunk he'd come drunk and even quite aggressive sometimes. And something happened around six months ago. He was arrested and received a large fine. Those that were helping him through and mentoring him, discipling him, by the way, there were some amazing people in this house that really sowed, that were mothers and fathers to him. And we thank you and appreciate you so much. Amen. He was arrested and received a large fine. They even wondered about bailing him out, but because this had been a bit of a pattern in his life, they actually felt not just to bail him out, but let him deal with the consequences of his mistakes. Sometimes we need to have tough love too, right? And so as a result of that, he was quite anxious, uh, quite stressed out about it. And then one night at Fire Church, Ben, who was just here, called people to repentance. Everyone say repentance. And said that they should come up only if they were going to commit to fully change their life. You know, sometimes people, they, we say the sinner's prayer, we attend church, we like the community aspect of it. There's different components and aspects to community life, church life that are wonderful, but yet there's still no real genuine change on the inside. It's a superficial belief. It's a superficial faith. There hasn't been a, there's no depth to it. The, the roots haven't gone deep it's not good ground it's the the seed has fallen on stony ground or thorny ground and we see people spring up for a little while but then fall away how many people have seen that maybe there's people here this morning that are like living like that you know church cannot save you did you know that attending church can't save you you might have grown up in a Christian family, you might have been christened as a baby, but that won't get you into heaven. You could be on the roster. You can be serving in the best Holy Ghost church in the whole 
world and still not be saved. It's Jesus that saves. It's the blood of Jesus that washes us clean. But we have to receive that and we have to repent, which means completely do a U-turn, turn from the life of darkness and commit to yielding our will to His will. And so that night when Ben preached, he felt burdened, not just to do a normal altar call, but to say, only come up if you're genuine about changing your life. And that night, Paul come forward. Six months ago, roughly. And in the midst of that, a number of people come forward and, and Ben moved in what we call a word of knowledge. For those that maybe aren't familiar with Christian language, it's he supernaturally heard from God. He got a sense that there was someone that had a, uh, a fine, had been in trouble with the police, needed help, and he released that word of knowledge, not knowing that Paul had been arrested and had a $695 fine that he was stressing and anxious about. Ben lives in Europe, comes here, releases that word of knowledge, and it was Paul. And then he also had the sense to say, I really feel that as a family, we need to contribute to help pay for Paul's fine. The fine was $695. Everyone just chipped in. People come forward. He had his hat. I think it was his Collingwood hat. And people put money in his Collingwood hat. And it was enough to pay the fine. And from that point, that supernatural encounter that he had with the love of people, the word of knowledge, the decision to come forward to say, I'm genuinely going to repent. I'm not just going to play church. I'm not just going to go through the motions, take advantage of things anymore. I'm going to give my whole life. I'm going to commit my will to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Jesus doesn't, he's not just a savior, he's Lord. And to be a savior, he needs to be Lord. And I can, I can hear, I can just, I just know that in heaven, they are cheering us on to say, preach the whole truth, man. We can't sugarcoat this. I'm so glad today that I am very clear that Paul's in heaven. It would be so awkward not knowing if there was really genuine change in his life. Because Jesus said, you, you don't know them by the sinner's prayer, you know them by their fruit. And I'm so glad about these last six months, and in particular the last three months. You know, he used to have, as I said, he used to come in drunk. And New Year's Eve, if there's ever a time to be tempted to go and drink and go off with the old crowd, it would have been New Year's Eve, right? You know where Paul was on New Year's Eve? Here on Sunday morning, I think he was one of the first ones here at 8 a.m. You know where he was Sunday night, New Year's Eve, when everyone else was partying? He was at Hawthorne Fire Church with a worship night and with his Christian friends the following day. It's the fruit of someone's life that's been impacted, not living a double life anymore, but fully yielded to the will of God. And he come forward and his life changed from that point. Still struggling, 
But then he, he said, you know what, my life has changed so much, I'm gonna, I want to commit to baptism. And so three months ago, and we saw the beautiful footage, thank you, Maddie, by the way, I'm sure that would have been difficult putting that together. Three months ago, Paul got baptized, and man, his whole countenance, I don't know if you guys realize, but his whole countenance changed, and the joy and the freedom that he was living in his last three months was so amazing. And now to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I want to just take a little bit of time to say this before we move to the, the next part of my message, but I talked about encounter, I talked about the preaching of the truth, I talked about repentance. These are all major attributes that contributed to Paul's transformation. Obviously, it's always Jesus at the end of the day, but what else contributed was discipleship and the people in this house that were willing to walk with him through the ups and downs I know that there are people here visiting from previous churches and communities maybe even some from the footy club and so really I want to thank everyone that's contributed to his life in some way and the Bible says one plants another waters and then God brings increase but over the last few months he was so consistent in the body his week when I say body I mean church for those who don't understand that language his week consisted of outreach so not only did he just come and attend church on a Sunday but he was out there preaching the gospel to others people on the streets the the broken rough places in Frankston he was right there in the midst of it week after week doing outreach he was over at our other campus in Hawthorne active in their church as well he was a part of our living free uh, program and of course part of the football club but his life was active in the things of God I want to encourage you this morning Maybe you're thinking, I need to get that breakthrough. Let Paul's life speak to you this morning. Make Jesus Lord of your life. If you're living a double life, change today. You don't know if you've got tomorrow. Don't let there be a question mark surrounding your life. The Bible says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Get them, God. And not only that, allow yourself to be in a place where you can be accountable to people get discipled do living free get some mentors around you like Paul did he humbled himself and one of the things I know about Paul was that he was very honest about his struggles and he allowed people to speak into his life the Bible says God gives grace to the humble but if you're living this secret life and on the outside you're trying to look like you've got it all together but secretly behind closed doors you're living a double life let that change today. There's no better New Year resolution than making Jesus Lord of your life. The Bible talks about how we build our life. I want to read that scripture and take time just for a moment. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 13. It talks about how we build our life. It says, each one... Each one's work will become clear in terms of the way we live our life. 
how we lived our life, why we lived our life. Each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. Wood, hay, stubble, if you build your life with those substances on that day, it's going to burn. If you build your life with gold and silver and precious stones, it's going to stand the test of time. What is the distinction of the two? I believe a big part of it is our eternal perspective. Are we living our life for eternity, for eternal perspective, or do we have a 70, 80-year mindset where we're just living for us, our life, our family, our job, our occupation, what I can get out of it, the now, or are we living for God's purposes? The Bible says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. It goes on to say, and all these things will be added to you. Are we seeking first the kingdom of God? Are we living for eternal purposes and eternal perspective? In Paul's last three months, he did. And that's where he is now. And so I want to challenge us as, as believers today. I know it's, it's caused me to rethink some things. And I want to challenge us today to allow this, this tragedy to, to realign us as a community, realign us as individuals, to get our perspective back on track again. Eternal perspective. Live like there is no tomorrow for the kingdom of God. Live like there's no plan B, and it's all for Jesus. That's what Jesus wants, to make him Lord, not just Savior where we turn up to church here and there, but Lord of our life where we fully commit our will to his will to see his kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Are you with me this morning? The people that I know about in particular, I want to thank so much. You helped contribute to help Paul stay on track and to be that good ground hero. Doug, John Boy, Judy, Arnie, Sam and Kat, Ricky and Carmen from Hawthorne, Frank, Bruce, Beck, and there were many others as well. But I really, really want to thank you for being family to Paul and being an example to all of us about what Christian community is all about and reminding us of how important it is to be a family to one another. So let's give those guys a cheer and thank them. And I want to finish with this and then I want to allow Paul's life to convict you this morning and to challenge you just like he was challenged six months ago his testimony his story to challenge you he wants God to get you this morning amen I want you to read this with me so you know it's not just me making this up this is the Bible 
2 Philippians chapter 2 verse 12. says this therefore my friends my dear friends as you have always obeyed now so this is writing to christians people that are part of the philippian church look at what the author is saying here as you have always obeyed not only in my presence but now much more in my absence continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling in other words make sure that you stay right with god when we're thinking of living in a, with eternal perspective, I think about that scripture that says, he who endures until the end shall be saved. So I want to make an appeal to people this morning. Did you know that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life? And he said, no one comes to the Father but through him. And Jesus is not a baby. It's not a... A false Jesus that says you can just live your life however you want. A lot of people make up their own Jesus to suit their own lifestyle. But the Jesus that says I'm the way, the truth, and the life is the Jesus of the scriptures. It's the same Jesus that said you can't drink from two cups. The cup of wickedness and the cup of holiness. You can't live two lives, a double life in other, in other words. It's the Jesus that says, make me Lord. It's the Jesus that says, he who loses his life for my sake shall find it. It's the Jesus that says, it's either all in or not at all. That's the Jesus that set Paul free. That's the truth that sets us free. They shall know the truth and the truth shall make them free. John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Many of us have memorized this and sometimes we just, it goes over our head. But it says, whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That word believe is not a superficial belief. The Bible says even the devil believes and trembles. Get him, God. It's a, it's a life and death belief. It's all in. The, if you unpack the original word in the Greek, you'll discover that it literally means to cling to, to fully put your trust in Jesus and his ways, his truth and his life. It's not dabbling in sin. It's being born again, being set free from that old nature, that old sinful nature, taking on his divine nature and bearing the fruits thereof. John the Baptist says, show fruit worthy of repentance. In other words, not just with our mouths, are we Christians, but with our life, with everything we do, every thought, every intention, every action is for the glory of God. Not only in front of people on Sundays or in different circumstances, but behind closed doors, wherever we are, whatever comes out of our mouth, however we live in the workplace, wherever we are, we're not ashamed of Jesus. We're not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God under salvation. We're all in. 
And that's what Paul is at the end there. And he inspires me to preach the truth, to live the truth, to live with an eternal perspective and not to play games and not to think that it's okay, she'll be right, mate. It's not going to always be all right if you're not living for the will of God. Band, if you're available, if you can come back up, that would be awesome. There's another scripture that I memorized as a young, young Christian when I first got born again. Because I was into all sorts of spiritual things before I got saved. And I needed some realigning. I used to think that all kind of religions were similar. And, you know, Jesus was, it was cool. He's just one of the ways. And I believed all sorts of bizarre things. But when I read the words of Jesus himself, talking about him being the only way to the Father, him being the only way, the only one that can remove the stain of sin on mankind, the only one that shed the price, his, his life for our sin, his holy perfect blood was shed, the sacrifice made for our sin. Because the wages of sin is death. It's a scriptural principle that's and a biblical godly law that's been in place way back right in the beginning in, in the book of Genesis with Adam and Eve. And Jesus came to fulfill that, to step in our place, to pay our price of sin. And he said this, he said, narrows the way that leads to life. And he said, few there be find it. And he said, wide is the path that leads to destruction. And many are on it. The Bible also says, and this one, man, because my life was broken too, very messed up, very broken. I'm not deserving of heaven, let alone standing here and telling you guys about the Bible. I'm least, at, probably out of everyone here, worthy in terms of my own merit. I was a selfish drug addict for many, many years. His truth and His love got me. <laughs> his truth and love got Paul. And I pray it gets you today. And you might not have been in the category of, in what we term the category of bad sinners. Maybe your life is not a life of alcoholism, addiction, violence. But maybe your life is still void of a genuine relationship with Jesus. You're still on the wide path, but just in a different way. He's not really Lord. You're still dabbling in things that you know aren't godly. You're still living a double life. You're not fully yielded. You, you like coming from time to time and you like the niceness of the people here but you're not fully yielded to Jesus himself this place can't save you but it is a space to help you encounter truth and help you encounter Jesus because he's the one that does set you free and save you so what I want to do is ask everyone to bow their heads for a moment and close their eyes and make an appeal this morning testimony of Paul is going to bear fruit this morning in Jesus name his life 
as messed up as it was, his turnaround, his salvation, his now testimony is still going to continue to impact people as he celebrates and cheers us on in heaven. It's going to bring us closer as a community. We're going to become even more unified, even more focused with eternal perspective. And all things are going to work together for good for his glory. We're going to comfort one another. We're going to mourn with one another. We're going to rejoice with one another. We're going to help one another. We're going to take time for one another. We're going to see past our errors and faults and see people as God sees them. We're going to bear with one another, love one another, believe in one another. And right now I want to challenge people, if you are not living right with God, Maybe no one else does, but you know that if you pass today, there would be a question mark. No one can come with you when you stand before God. Other people can't see in secret, but God does. Other, other people can't see the thoughts and intents of your heart, but God does. I love the humility of Paul. He was open about his mistakes about his faults. Some of us, we have the sin of pride where we're not open. We try to hide it. We try to put on a false facade. We try to put on a mask because we're more worried about what people think than what God thinks. And that can be just as deadly as alcoholism. So I want to encourage you right now. If you want to get right with God, you want to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. The sharp truth that sets us free, the discerner of the thoughts and intents of our heart, let it cut you this morning. Let His love and mercy and truth cut through. If you want to make Him Lord, not just, not just what you term as Savior, but Lord, the Bible says, he who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You know, Lord means supreme authority, number one in your life. If he's not number one, then he's not Lord. And there's a question mark in your life. We want to, uh, the blood of Jesus wants to wash that question mark away. Let's live with eternal perspective. The sharpness of eternity. Let's allow that haze, the blindfold that the enemy tries to put on us to be removed this morning. So, you know, I don't care what people think anymore. I'm getting right with God and I'm going to run this race from here on in. I'm going to allow this first Sunday of 2018 to be a memorial stone in my life where I remember that day I just said, stuff everything. I don't care what people think anymore. I'm not living a life of sin anymore, a double life. I'm living full on, sold out for Jesus. And put your hand up now if you want that. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you. Come on. God bless you. 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 So many. God bless you. Get them, God. Get them, God. Jesus. Come on, there's more. I know there's more. There's a stirring right now. Allow the Holy Spirit to move in your heart. Just like that day, six months ago. Don't come forward unless you really mean it. Mean it with all your heart. Say yes to Him 
And it's His grace that will empower you to live it out and to change your life. For those people that put their hand up, I want to encourage you now to have courage and stand up. If you put your hand up, stand up. It's the first step to have courage. I don't care what people think. I'm living with eternal perspective. Jesus is going to be Lord of my life. My days are numbered, even as the grass of the field. Like a flower, they spring up and they fade away like a vapor. But this short life, this drop in the ocean that I have, in perspective of eternal life, I'm going to live with all that I have for the glory of God in whatever way that He's calling you to. I now want to encourage you legends, you champions, and Paul's cheering you on to come forward right now. This is the fruit. Many, many people are going to get saved this year. Come forward. Come and stand at the front. Ministry team, if you're ready, let's give them a big cheer as they come forward. Jesus is King. Jesus is King. Jesus is King. Thank you, God. Jesus, you're amazing. Thanks for listening to another message from Fire Church Ministries. For more messages like this one or for other information, check out our website at firechurch.com.au. Right.